Left. Right. Yo. What is up, my friends? It's an episode about relationship red flags. Listen, let me know which ones you agree with and which ones you think we left out. See you at the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 Welcome, everybody. This is episode 117 of Sip Talk Podcast. My name is Justin DiGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey, just outside Manhattan. I am joined tonight by James, the Bosnator Boswell, accountant, philosopher, bartender, professional referee. Nice to have you, James. Greetings from sunny San Diego. Sunny San Diego. It's still sun sunny over there right now. Um, Sun is setting. It's like kind of dusk right now. Hmm. I see. I, uh, I'm hoping this beer doesn't explode. I have two more. I'm hoping it does. <laughs> I'm sure you are. I got two more like super frosted beers. I'm hoping they, uh, they defrost by the time I'm ready to open them up. Oh, shit. Oh, man. My hands are just soaking wet. Here we go. So tonight is a continuation of the last podcast. Last time we talked about deal breakers when it comes to relationships. Tonight, we are talking about red flags. You ready for this? I'm good. I, I got a little bit of a list here, and then I got a couple other personal anecdotes. All right, cool. And then uh, David is joining us shortly as well, right? Yeah, he just walked in the room. He should be getting set up, and I think he'll join us within the next five or so. Cool. Well, while he's joining, uh, I won't ask. I won't pry too too much. But you came from a business dinner, and uh, I don't really need to know the topic of conversation. But I just have some general questions. Um, it was a business dinner, yeah? Yes. All right. What, what type of restaurant was it? Italian. Italian restaurant. All right. Um, was there alcohol consumed? Yes. Mm. How much on a scale? Well, how many How many drinks per person average? Two. Two per, like just two as a cap? Two as a max? Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody had more than two. Mm. All right. What, what type of drinks? I started with a bourbon and bitters and then had a beer. Derv had a beer and then I might have been the only person who had two drinks, actually. No, Doug and Ken both had a glass of wine. With OK, yeah. So um, the two CEOs started off with um, a cocktail each. One was a martini, one was like a gin and tonic, and then they had a glass of wine with dinner. OK, all right. All right. Reasonable. Reasonable. I was just I was very curious. Uh, anything exciting order? I'm just I'm always curious about the the dynamic of business dinners. Um, everybody it was just like the the CEOs ordered some uh, appetizers and then we all had our entrees and we talked about a little bit of business about a business a little bit about like where each of us grew up and what growing up was like. Me and Derek bullshitted a little bit about some of the follies of our youth and uh, tried to keep it kind of casual but also. Uh, yeah, like I said, I was just curious, really, on the uh, um, oh, shit. I was uh, just kind of on what was consumed, drink wise, and and that dynamic there, just to kind of get a vibe for the type of people you're you're meeting. I'm glad they had some cocktails. It wasn't just them drinking white wine or something along those lines. That would have been a little, little funny to me. 
Um, and I'm happy they ordered appetizers. I think, uh, you know, when you're hosting a business dinner, I assume they paid. Oh, yeah, yeah. When, when you're the employer and you're hosting the business dinner, it's on you to pay. And uh, you really ought to order some appetizers to take care of people. And typically there's some leftover food and things. Nobody should be left hungry when you're taking people out to eat. Uh, I mean, my business is mostly alcoholics. When I take people out to eat, you know, they drink quadruple what the food, the food tab is. So yeah, it's, it's a little bit, a little bit different in my industry, but I'm, that's why I'm always curious about the other industries, what it's like, because it's, it's a little more professional. Well, this is also my first time interacting with them in any kind of prolonged setting because I've been here for two days and I've met everybody, but I've talked with them for maybe five or 10 minutes before tonight. So it's like a prolonged interaction and I just got hired. So let's not fuck this up. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we got a, a ready from uh, Laylee and then uh, Kalea says we covered that on her first show, which I think was at the company it was mostly alcoholics. Uh, oh, and, yeah. and hi, Giovanna in Brazil. Nice to see you guys. <laughs> so, look, are you, uh, uh, are you ready to get into red flags or uh, can I shoot the shit a little bit more while, while David is, is booting up and gearing up? Um, he should be ready in the next two minutes or so. He's getting right. his laptop set well, up right now. Look, you know, I... I got a call from uh, the attorney I'm working with on this copyright lawsuit. And, uh, uh, you know, I decided I just want to I want to share a little about what's going on on the, on the public setting, because uh, I feel it, I, you know, I feel it deserves some 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 attention here. Have I shared with you what's going on with this copyright infringement lawsuit? A little bit. OK, well. I didn't want to is, cry too much over the air because it's an ongoing. Well, video. yeah, it is. It is ongoing, and and now I'm just kind of, I'm just, uh, I'm just going to share it because I'm just fucking fed up with shitty people, right? And I want to draw some attention to just how shitty this guy's being. I like my job. I like my job because I try really hard to make people happy. Sometimes I don't have to try that hard. They're just happy. Oftentimes I find in New York City, people can be very challenging. And those are the ones that obviously I don't enjoy clashing with them in the beginning, but I enjoy overcoming that and building some uh, almost camaraderie over the, the duration of the time I spend with people and ultimately winning them over, finding them a nice place. And I also enjoy the aspect of hiring and training people and help people build careers you know, it was a big lifestyle change from the trajectory of my career, starting out knowing very little, working my ass off and uh, and building myself up. So I like giving other, other people the opportunity for that point is, is I try helping other people. That's my goal. Let me uh, let me let David join here and then I'll finish my my sentiment on this asshole I got to deal with. All right. Here we go. Welcome, David. Greetings. David, you are in the same location as James. I'm trying to get this text call in number. If you guys want to call in audio only, feel free to uh, to text the number that's on the screen. What's up, David? <laughs> yeah, I like that you guys got the two two queen bed hotel room. That's, that's very nice. It would have been a little bit weird to have a, like one king. Well, you could have gotten two different rooms, but... No, I think I said it's good that you guys got the, <laughs> the two bedroom there. Um, I like that David's positioned himself in the center of the bed. I liked it. It looked like a crown. It looks it looks like a halo, actually. Like um, uh, like one of the Aztec gods. 
or actually it could they look had like, a like that. sombrero actually it could. Uh, we're very close to tijuana so look so i, I want to talk about this shitty guy this guy's suing me for one well for actually for a couple of the agents at my company four years ago who used some of his copyrighted photos in their ad- advertisements for apartments and were his photos copyrighted yes did we use them yes however i want to recap a little bit about how we use this james i haven't gone into too too much depth on this with you yeah no we should um, first say Start by saying hi to Maria since she's all the top. Yes. Um, so, hi, Maria. Nice of you to join us. Hey, guys, on Instagram. Hey, guys, on TikTok. If you guys want to share, we're going to get there. We're going to talk about relationship red flags. So if you want to throw some relationship red flags out there, um, we will definitely. Rosh, Rosh Galeb is following on the live as Sip Talk Podcast and feeding us your comments. So don't feel shy throw them out there we will get there so look i just want to recap on this guy because he's driving me fucking insane he's obviously a shitty person what happens is uh in new york city we have exclusive listings listings where the owner the landlord uh, allows one person to advertise and then we have open listings what this guy does is he goes and he takes photographs of the open listings and um then he sues other people for using his photos that he copyrights them um what has happened in this case was he uploaded his photos to one of the Zillow websites. Zillow is a listing website. They own Trulia, Street Easy, Hot Pads. Um, it's a big, 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 uh, almost monopoly-like group for apartment finding and apartment selling websites. Um, what happened in our case is that we use a database called Nestio, and Nestio scrapes the internet uh, for listings, and we use it as a database. So our agents can go there and they can advertise properties. Now, generally, when landlords send us their photos, we have an open listing agreement with them so we can use their photos in our advertisements. However, every once in a while, new agents get confused whether the listing is coming from the management company slash landlord or from a broker. Now, most brokers put, almost all brokers put watermarks on their photos. And that way you can tell and differentiate what is a, a picture that's been taken by an agent slash broker um, or what comes from the landlord. Uh, so what this guy does is he puts a minuscule watermark on the bottom corner of his photos. I would say roughly a 16th the size of the industry average watermark. Um. <laughs> I'm following your advice. Really, let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what's happened, though. What happens is the, uh, the guy uploads his photos, and he, he sues every broker under the sun, kind of round robin yearly. So right now, he's got like 50 pending lawsuits. He's, he's basically, you know, threatens people with the standard for copyright infringement, which is like 150 grand. And then he settles with them for a, a large fraction of that. Um, but what's happened is this guy uploads his photos to Zillow and per the user agreement, Zillow, he, uh, he gives up his right to those photos and Zillow now owns the photos and Zillow can do what they want with the photos. Zillow sends it to Nestio, which is what we use as a database. And these agents have found them in Nestio. Don't believe that they're watermarked and believe that they come from the landlord because they're open listings. 
So this guy's reached out to me a couple of times. New agents asked me to take some photos down. I did took the, took the ads right down, sent a message to the entire company. Hey guys, you need to take your own photos or make sure you're using landlord photos. You know, if you, if you have any question, come see me happened on three different occasions. Uh, but this guy's not trying to negotiate. He's just trying to, uh, to sue people. And this is how this guy makes money. And uh, I think it's a really shitty thing to do. Um, and the fact that he reduces his watermark to, you know, nearly a 20th the size, you can't even read it on the, on the photos. That's what's going on. It's drive me fucking insane. I don't give a shit, you know, what comes of it. I've talked to, you know, a dozen other real estate brokers in Manhattan and the general consensus is uh, this guy's, you know, got it coming to him and we'll just all kind of grin and, and bear and, and settle and, and try to take him to court where we think we have opportunity. But the fact that, you know, this guy's uploading his photos to Zillow giving up his rights to the photos is, uh, <laughs> Raj says, Car careful, damn it. That's threatening. I'm not threatening the guy. I want nothing to do with the guy. I don't ever want to see the guy. I've just talked to a bunch of brokers and the general consensus is, you know, it's just bad karma. This guy's, you know, pretending to be a real estate agent and he's just suing people for photos. So I got this. So the question I have. Yeah. Is. Do you have a case that he's acting in bad faith with, with the way that he's doing his listings and the, the fact that he's almost intentionally hiding the watermark and that he doesn't really have a true business goal for putting these photos up besides operating as a, a copyright or a trademark troll. troll. Yeah, that's that's that's, not, that's that's my impression is that that's exactly what he's doing. I don't necessarily know that's illegal, but the what my standpoint is, the guy's uploading his photos, and as per the user agreement, he gives up his rights to the photos. We didn't get the photos from him. We got it through Zillow, and Zillow owns the, you know, it's literally paragraph three in the user agreement. Um, and the guy, you know, the guy caught it. Oh, so here's the best part is there's an open listing platform that Zilla owns called Naked Apartments. And uh, it allows agents, it allows the user, the renter to compare listings from multiple agents. So what this guy did was he would just go on there, make a listing, and then just he'd compare his listings to other people. So he's actually, he's suing me for photos of apartments that we took. The photos just look similar because obviously it's the same place, which is absolutely asinine. But that's obviously this guy's, yeah, this is what this guy does. And he just combs through these listings all day long. And he's making a fucking killing. I know that for a fact because yeah, I've talked to brokers who have settled with him. Ah, uh, it's up to you guys. I think you guys should really combine laptops. I think that'd be a lot easier. But, but I'm just sharing the, the fact that I got to deal with this shit sandwich. Like I said, uh, he's trying to make this like a federal matter, which is absolutely insane. It's it's just wild. You guys want to take a little break and uh, and merge here? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So we have James and David who are in the same hotel room, different locations. They're trying to merge their setup here. Um, do I have a really good lawyer? I do have a really good lawyer, but that's also very expensive. So uh, and just some shit that I got to deal with. All right. So it looks like we're merging here. I'm going to move the call in number back down here. Okay. Let's see. All right. Not bad. Not bad. That'll work. Let's even this out. Sorry. Right. For 
quality audio, we will do our best. All right. So, uh, hey, Hannah Moon, nice to see you. And uh, all right, Skinner Burger and Aries, thank you. All right, good looking setup over there. What do you guys have to drink? Well, when you're drinking scotch, there's really nothing better than a hotel coffee cup. So, got some Johnny Walker Red. Nice. Or extra. All right. Does does that hotel coffee cup? Does that have the foldable paper handles? No, it doesn't. Oh, it's that's a shame. That's what? Not that classy. Oh, I have damn. 22. All right. So look, I got that off my chest. I just, you know, I just feel like I'm getting beat up on the sidelines. I don't see any reason not to share it. It's pretty, pretty cut and dry. As far as I'm concerned, the guy doesn't have a case because he's lost his rights to the photos, but we still have to argue it. Like once you upload to Zillow, that's relinquishing the copyright to it. Zillow would be the one to sue you. Now they now own the copyright per the user agreement. He doesn't have standing. Yeah, that's it. But could be. Um, but at the end of the day, I still have to see this through the, through the court and it's costing me, I can, I could, I could pay the guy a settlement. Um, but I'd rather just pay an attorney. The problem is just, you know, all the time that it's taking all the money that it's taking. So would you be able to recoup legal fees if you, if you get a judgment in favor of you? Well, that's something I need to look into. So next, next time I speak with the attorney, that's probably something I'll discuss, but, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to get a judgment in my favor. I think that the judge is probably just going to, you know, call it for whatever. Um, so let's uh, let's move on. That's just drive me nuts. I felt like my head's been you know ready to explode all day. And this has been going on for the last four years. The guy just keeps sending legal notices. And then finally, we just agreed to take it to court. So the judge just just heard it initially. I don't know that it's federal court. So. Um, the judge just heard it for the first time this morning and now we got all the motions we got to go through fun times. Fuck this guy. Um, red flags. We're talking about relationship red flags. So, uh, I know we lost a few of you guys because it's boring as shit. Um, Shahir is asking on TikTok, are, are those two brothers? Yes. The Boswells, James, the Bosnator Boswell, David Boswell. The political scientist. Uh, they are brothers. Um, we're going to do our best to keep up the audio, but we're going to talk about red flags. I think there's no better to talk. No one better to talk to about red flags. The two of us? Then a group of guys in their 30s. Um, um, I've got, I, I want to start off with one, which is if they have any pending litigation against them. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. That is definitely a good red flag. Um, you, you should definitely Google people's names. I think when you're when you're it's you're screwed if somebody's got like a super common name. But if somebody's got a a you know not a super common not name, I guess, um, or with a little googling, you can you can you can locate them. I think you should Google everybody. If their name's John Smith, then you know probably not, but. Um, but I'm, I'm all for the Googling game. How about you guys? You Google ahead of time? No, no. Really? Even in the South where all the women have the two part names, I feel like that would be easier. You want to Google them to make sure that they're not a relative of yours, but we weren't from the South, so that wasn't an issue. Gotcha. Gotcha. I understand. Uh, (laughs) is that, is that how you, what's that? Family tree. <laughs> that's not much of a Google search. That's a yeah. That's a genealogy. It's like a twenty-three in me. You might want to Google them to make sure that they're actually genetic females. 
<laughs> but if you Google the name that they gave you, it's not going to pull up their dead name, so it's not going to work. You idiot. Yeah, you, yeah. Obviously, David has way more experience on this than you. Um, so look, what's that? <laughs> that? That alphabet. Yeah, let's get ourselves in more trouble. Yeah, now we don't need. I mean, we're already talking about pending litigation, um, and uh, obviously, I'm I'm walking a fine line to not uh, get myself in trouble. I'm not. Um, so. My advice is you check everybody out on Google, social media, anywhere you can before you go on a date, especially if you're a female, because guys are creepy and slightly more dangerous than women. So my advice is females look for that. Here's a red flag I just thought of when you're looking at somebody on their social media and you see them in a, a current or recent picture with someone that looks like a significant other. I think that should be a decent red flag. A lot of people cheating out there. Thoughts on that? Depends on their overall social media postings. I'd say, yeah, if it's recent, sure. If it's the top thing on their feed, not necessarily. Like, I have no idea what my feed even looks like because I haven't posted anything on Facebook in probably five or six years. I can't recall, honestly, when the last time I posted something. I'm sure. So it might. Some people don't stay super on top of that. Say that again. I know I also don't have any pictures of me posted with a girlfriend like on my profile because that's not how I use social media then. It's not how I use it now. Yeah, I understand. I, I typically do, you know, more so for business. So I try to keep, I generally try to keep family out of, out of that. Um, but somebody might have, a girl might have a picture with her brother or her cousin or something like that. You may just assume that that's their significant other, but it may not be the ultimate red flag that just turns you away. You may still take the date, but it's something that should be in the back of your mind. But point is Google somebody, check out their social media. Um, all right. I'm going to move. I'll, I'll give you my first three red flags. Uh, James, you said you have some of your own, right? Yep. But you go. All right. So I got lack of communication early in a relationship. Somebody do- doesn't communicate much at all. Uh, I definitely call that a red flag because getting to know somebody involves a heavy amount of communication. Um, and that could be like not texting back for a while, not calling back for a while, disappearing, you know, for, you know, they don't text you back for a day or two. That's. That seems subjective to me only in the sense of, I know that sometimes when I'm just starting a relationship, just starting dating, you're really cognizant not wanting to come on too strong. Sure. Um, but there's, uh, let's, you know, you let's hang out next week. I'll reach out to you and, and we'll set something up or there's, Hey, how's it going? And then 18 hours go by. Good. And you, to me, that's a bit of a red flag, 18 hours to reply to a basic message like that. It's that's a conversational message. And when it's early on, you, you, you can be conversational at times, but that, and this is where I think a lot of people fuck up early on in dating is that they don't know how to have conversations via text message. And it feels very stagnant, very boring. And you're having this conversation. Hey, how are you? What did you do today? And it's over the course of 36 hours. Right. And that's boring as fuck. That's, that's not how, early dating corresponding should be. It should be setting up times to meet in person 
and going from there. But you're not ha- you're not dating. The- you're not in a relationship with this person already. So, well, I want to kind of tack on to what you were just saying, which is I feel pretty similar, and that would be flakiness. Yeah. Where so flakiness can be part of not responding to texts or calls or just being generally unavailable, but also canceling plans last minute or changing plans completely, but just not being a reliable person. Because if I'm dating somebody and I'm planning on seeing you, I want to see you. And like, if something comes up once, fine. But like, if something comes up more often than not, then it's telling me that you're not that interested. I have my, my next two are irresponsible and unpredictable. And I think that, I think that certainly covers that, but you, you articulated a very good instance of that. And somebody who cancels, I, uh, there's something I hate about last minute cancelers. And it's that typically they just don't give a shit about you at all. That's the message they're sending. Agree. Yeah. They don't, they don't give a, uh, a shit about your, your time. Um, you know, especially if you're planning a date with somebody and then, you know, you, you've set that time aside. I'm a pretty busy guy. And if I'm setting time aside to, you know, whether it's for business or for personal or whatever, and somebody cancels on me last minute, you know, that's why, that's why I've learned as a real estate agent in Manhattan, which is a very busy place is that I book all first time appointments in the office. I'm not meeting people outside of the office. If somebody wants some of my time, they're going to come to me, at least for that first meeting. If it's a second or third meeting, I'm happy to meet you out there. But we've already established our relationship. We already know that we're, we're working together. But if you're not willing to come to me you know, for my help, remember, they're, they're seeking my help. But they're not willing to come to me for my help. I'm not taking that appointment. And I have more than enough business that I can turn people away who aren't interested in doing that. Right. Cause like if they cancel on you last minute, it's not just that like you didn't get to hang out with them, which is what you wanted to do. It's now you can't do anything else with that time. Well, that's, and, and when it comes to, again, I'm relating it back to work. We are talking about relationships, but yeah, you can't do anything else with that time. You could maybe, but now you're going back to the drawing board. And for me, when it's at work, now I'm losing money. That's potential income earned. You turned down other possible appointments because you had 11 to 12 books. And now at 1059, you can't book another appointment for 11 to 12. That time's kind of shot. Yeah. So you might be able to do other like menial tasks. You might be able to do something. But in terms of anything that requires planning, not going to happen. Yeah. And I don't think that says a huge amount of who that person is in the long run, but I think it says enough about who that person is in the short run. Um, you know, that, that, that's just not somebody that you, you want to, it's somebody who maybe hasn't matured enough to the level of understanding that other people are just as important in that as, as they are within their own lives. My personal policy is it's a two strike policy. If you cancel on me once. Okay. If you cancel on me twice, we're done. And right. like the two strike policy extends, like if, if you cancel on me once and then we go out on a date and then you cancel on me on the next date, you still struck out. It takes like a number of dates and interactions to you get for you to get that strike back. Was it like a rolling 30 days? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. And then I have immature as my next one here, which kind of coincides with the last minute canceling. I think it's really immature if you're going to cancel on somebody last minute like that. Um, and then, uh, the next one I have, and this is a big one, your close friends don't like them. 
or their close friends don't like you. Oh, yeah, be, actually, I think it's it's a big sign if your friends don't like them because they're not going to have much of a place in your life. But vice versa, if their friends don't like you, one, you're not going to have much of a place in their life. But also their friends are going to be shit talking you and talking them out of that relationship every chance they have behind your back. That plays more of a role with women than men, but it's equally valid for both parties. But I find that women value the opinions of their friends more than men value the opinions of their friends when it comes to who they are choosing to date. I think I'd agree with you on that one. I <laughs> we get along on pretty much everything, but our respective exes from Charles, not so much. Yeah. There are times where we go six or eight months without even talking because it was stressful. Yeah. Uh, not the best period in either of our lives. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Hey, guys, if you're watching us live, you can text the number that's on the screen and uh, you'll be invited to uh, to join as a call in and you can share some of your you can share some of your red flags. That noise I just played is the noise we'll hear when you text us. The number is uh, 212-239-1839. Uh, David, you want to read that last comment? Yeah, I was reading that from, uh, uh, I'm saying Kalea. this right, Kalea. Uh, is this the first meeting and do they have a legitimate reason for the last minute cancellation? Uh, if it's the first meeting and they're bailing, I think if they have a legitimate, like James is saying, it's a two strike rule. You can give me give me the reason if it's legitimate or not, you'll show me on the second date. I, I think we're all pretty understanding that things do come up. But yeah, I think the two strike rule is a good one because it's it's showing it's starting a pattern and it's not a pattern you want to continue because it just makes you feel bad. So I'm I'm of a similar opinion. Dude, I book appointments with random strangers every fucking day for uh, finding them apartments and basically finding them a home. And I also book appointments all day, every day for interviews. And I can tell you they're the interviews are much worse, but um people just don't give a shit people who cancel last minute what interviews for hiring for hiring, hiring people to become yeah hiring people to people to become real estate agents uh, 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 as, a, as a hire they show up late to the interview goodbye yeah no people show up late and and every once in a while like you meet somebody who's like a really good personality something came up but a lot of times it's a huge indicator of who they're going to be as an employee so same thing goes for dating uh, you know, and dating is somebody who you're ultimately may spend a lot more time with, uh, you know, if, if that ends up working out than if you were to hire somebody, uh, all right, next one, close friends don't like, what's that? It can be both. <laughs> um, Hena Moon, um, has a 90 day rule. So she's a little, she's, she has, uh, she, she's a little, little more strict. She doesn't turn over quite as quickly. Yeah. She hasn't been burned. Like <laughs> No, no, she has. She says two in ninety days. We say we'll, we'll start oh, over. Oh, again. Never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's been burned at least three times as much. All right, I, I think we just got a text, uh, but uh, but that's going to Rosh. So Rosh is reading the text. He's reading your comments. If you guys want to join for the call in feature, Rosh will send you. Uh, he'll send you the number to call in. So Rosh should be texting back the. New Jersey number that just sent us a text. Um, secret of past. Unless they're a Russian spy. Why is that cool? Do you get points for that? 
you get a lot of points for that. <laughs> you speak Russian? No. Uh, I don't actually speak Russian. <laughs> Were, were, were they a porn star or an escort in their past in their past life going back to Thursday? Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's some reason. What, what would be a reasonable reason to be secretive about your past? I can't think of protection. Witness protection. Yeah, that's a good one. Would you tell somebody that you're in witness protection? If they're an actual witness, it depends. If they're not just like squealing to get out. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So um, witness protection, that's reasonable. What else? You know what? If they were a victim of abuse. Yeah. Maybe they don't want to talk about that with you, and that's that's up to them. Hmm. Okay, but I feel like there might be a decent way to convey that. I don't know. I you know, maybe telling somebody you just had a really bad relationship, you don't like talking about it. Um hmm. All right. And then I got um, controlling. And remember, these are red flags. So these are things you're looking for early on in a relationship. A controlling partner early on in a relationship. Controlling or overly jealous. I think it's similar sides of the, uh, the same thing. What do you think? I would I would definitely call them completely separate things. But But both issues that are going to um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just lead to a terrible, terrible relationship down the line. So I think jealous—you know—jealousy will become kind of super jealousy down the line, and drive that person wild, and drive you wild down the line. Um, as is controlling, like that's only going to get worse. And if they're controlling early on, it's going to get way, way worse um, down the line. Uh, one of you guys want to read the comment that came in via via text? Oftentimes, it comes down to a fact that a friend just wouldn't choose a romantic partner like yours for themselves, and they're simply projecting their own decisions onto you. Another key thing to note is that a friend's issue may not be with your partner, but with the change in the friendship. Um, so I think that True. there's something to that, but there's a difference because, like, I've got a friend in Charleston who's dating someone that I would never date for a variety of reasons, but I don't tell him that I don't like her or don't think he should be dating her because I can see that there's a difference between someone who I personally wouldn't date as compared to someone that he shouldn't date. I, I have a friend in New York city who's dating somebody who, um, I don't think that he's going to have a happy lasting relationship. And I think he may have it confused with what you're trying to explain. Yeah. Cause like for me, I can look at it as you could be dating somebody that I would never be interested in because either they're not my type or they've got other things that are disqualifiers for me, but aren't a disqualifier for him. So I have to look and say, okay, if I take my own bias out of this, is this person good or bad for my friend? And in this particular case, I actually don't even really have much of an opinion, but that's why I don't tell him to break up with her or do anything. I'm just like, this is your relationship. You manage it. But I don't actively encourage him to find somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Whereas there's other times where I have actively encouraged someone to find somebody else. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Um, all right. So here's a red flag that I read. Uh, it's up for interpretation, which side of it you're taking, but the red flag is signs of abuse. And I believe that means not signs that they've been abused, but signs that they are abusive. I think that would be a bigger red flag signs that somebody is abusive to you. What are some of those signs? Hmm. Good question. Um, easy to anger. Um, yeah. Insulting. So there's a thing about arguing, and I see it all the time. When people argue and they get, uh, what's it almost becomes more like a defamation thing, like you're you're trying to tear the other person down. Like when you when you're arguing with somebody and you're calling them a bitch, you know, or asshole or things like that, that's a fully it's just not a constructive argument you can you can have a spirited yelling argument even where it's constructive and you're trying to be heard and get your point across but when you're calling somebody a piece of shit when you're calling somebody names and things like that that's that's really detracted it's, it's bringing you in the wrong direction of a solution and in my view, if you have that kind of an argument you need to end the relationship i don't think there are constructive yelling arguments unless you happen to be on opposite sides of a lake and you need to convey your point across a long distance if you're having a constructive conversation, there's really no reason for the tone of voice to get anything louder than how we're talking right now. What if you're Italian? Then you use your hands. <laughs> well, I think what happens is that people get, and you're getting to this point where you're disagreeing on something and people have a very difficult time articulating things the way they want to and convey and conveying their point. And and that's where the breakdown happens. That's where people get upset because emotionally people aren't well equipped to, to deal with how that makes them feel. And that's why they start to get loud. The point that I'm making, I'm not arguing against being loud because I don't necessarily think that being loud and yelling is necessarily abusive. I don't think it's a good way to argue, but I don't think it's abusive. What I think is abusive is name calling and tearing that other person down. And that's, that's verbally abusive. Then there's also, like I said, my, the first thing I said was easily angered. And then somebody who start maybe puts their fist through the wall or breaks things when they get upset. Because I think that's a pretty slippery slope because that could, you could come between that wall and the fist or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, somebody who treats animals poorly. Oh, that's a big, that's a very good sign of abuse. Yeah. And James is about to say, well, I don't like it. I didn't say people who don't like animals. James doesn't like animals, but he doesn't treat them poorly. He just ignores them and avoids them and doesn't engage with them. But he doesn't kick them. He doesn't throw them across the room. He doesn't hit them to make them go away. He just says, leave me alone and makes everyone so annoyed at his bitching that they deal with the dog so he doesn't have to. But he doesn't abuse them. He doesn't treat them poorly. There's a big difference. You I can, can recognize that it's not the dog's fault. It's the owner's fault for not getting the dog to leave me alone. You can be a not not animal person, but also not treat them poorly. If you treat animals poorly, I think that's a huge, huge red flag. Um. So, I was in a in, I was in a meeting today, um, and we were in a conference room, big glass conference room, and somebody was outside of the conference room brought their dog to the office. And pretty much all of management was in the room with me. 
And we had this whole conversation as to whether or not the company should be allowing pets in the office or not. And we, we, we actually had no resolution to the idea other than we'd like it. We'd like people to want to bring the pets and that makes people happy. But also with that comes a whole slew of issues and, you know, and we just kind of discussed the issues and dogs shitting on carpets and things like that. So the elevator, it's Fido's first trip up. He doesn't like it. He's getting a little nervous. You lurk in a tall building. Yeah. It's a uh, lot. Uh, all right. Signs of abuse. Here's a good one. You justify their bad behavior. That would be a hard red flag for you to pick up on. But I think that you might catch yourself defending someone. And and the thing is, would you that's like knowing you're insane. You can't by definition. So how would you know that's a red flag for yourself if you're the one doing it? It would be really hard to have that self-reflection to internalize. Oh, shit, what I'm doing here. Well, good. That's why we're discussing it now. So maybe people can be a little more aware of that. But. Oh, you know, she she only gets this drunk when she doesn't eat breakfast. You know, like <laughs> You know, like that's the point Wait, is you've said that a few times. I've never no, it's usually being said about me. <laughs> usually something along the lines, yeah. Um again, we we got a few messages coming in. If you guys want to join uh for call in Text, uh, text your question to 212-239-1839, and you will be sent a link to call in. You'll be sent a link to call into the podcast. We won't be reading your questions live uh, that you text in. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, um, Karen says this one, uh, uh, which I like. But so getting attached too quickly. Oh, I caught that. Who does that? Where did that come from? Who, who said that? Um, Karen. Karen said getting attached too quickly. Yeah, that's um, that's a big one. The attachment issue. Sometimes I don't think moving too, too quickly, depending on the situation. Every situation is a little bit different. Obviously, moving in with somebody like a few weeks in or you know, move, trying to move in with somebody when the relationship isn't going very well, things like that. But um, but the getting attached too early on is definitely definitely a red flag. People have major attachment issues. I find that typically means that somebody isn't over their ex. Could be. And they're trying, you know, they're striving. They're trying too quickly to get back to something. Um, all right. Here's another one. They don't talk through issues. Do you guys have a handle of uh, Johnny Walker Red Label? Yeah, and and it didn't look very full. Nope. <laughs> Good for you guys. Um, they don't talk through issues. So this goes back to the arguing thing, and you know when you're in a relationship with someone, inevitably there's going to be issues. So what this is saying is that you don't really talk through the issues you're not addressing those issues the issues still exist you don't make any progress on solving them thoughts yeah i agree i, I agree I, I don't really know how to say much more about it than that 
All right, good. I'm glad we all agree. Let's not let's not talk through this issue. Um, here's one that we haven't really touched on, but I think is big: lack of trust. Oh, it's so difficult to be trusting. It's so it's so it's it's so difficult to be trusting these days, especially uh, early on. Especially early on. So here's kind of my. I have a weird relationship with trust. For me, trust is similar to expectation. And I think when you set expectations too high, you oftentimes set yourself up for failure. So you're not necessarily, it's really, I think we talk about trust. We, we, you fall very quickly into cheating, but I don't necessarily think that's really what trust is all about. I think, I think there's a little more, you know, almost having faith in someone. Um, but you, you see where I'm going with this? Trust running along the lines of expectations and setting it too high. Well, maybe some... Um, Hannah, hold on. Hannah Anamoon says trust is earned, which is completely correct. So it's one of those ones where I guess like early on in the relationship, it's what kind of feeling do you get about them? In terms of when they tell you something, do you intrinsically trust or do you be like, I don't know if that's the whole story. And then as a relationship goes on, you're like, well, she said she was just at a friend's house last night, but there are pictures of her out at a bar. And it's like, yeah, it true that she was at a friend's house at some point, but she was definitely at a bar. And so now <laughs> you're like, well, I don't trust her because she didn't tell me everything about what she was doing, which. Well, here's here's how I, I think this is. What I do is because I don't I don't really trust very much. What I do is I run the worst case scenario through my head and decide if I'm okay with that. That's worst, awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, but but I need to understand if I'm okay with that. And then if I start seeing signs that that's likely the case, um, you know, then and again I said worst case likely scenario. So if if it's not very likely, then it's not something I'm going to entertain. But if it's if it's a possible if it's a decent possibility, then it's something I may entertain. Um, but I have to see if I'm okay with that. You know, and some things you'll never know. But I I I think if there's if there's really an issue, you know, it's it's going to surface at some point, unless you're just dumb and blind. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Um, all right, next one: testing your boundaries. Yeah, I don't like my buttons being pushed just for fun. Uh, let's actually, we just got a comment from uh, Skrenberger. Uh, like finding they hide things from you. I'm curious what types of things constitute as hiding things from you. Well, for you, apparently it's alcohol before you've had breakfast. Um, I, I like I, alcohol as breakfast, actually. That feeds into trust where it like, I don't know, here, here would be an e easy example would be like if they've got a gambling problem, that's something that you can hide pretty easily for a time. For a time. Yeah, exactly. I think I think hmm. I mean, what would be a weird thing? What, what do people hide from each other? I'm pretty open book. Um, oh, you could hide that you have STDs. 
You could. Well, I guess, yeah, no, you could. Yeah, I mean, not every every STD is detectable. And um, ultimately, that person, if they're faithful, are, are going to probably find out that you have an STD. And if, if they are 100% faithful, they're probably going to know where it came from. Um, what other things could you hide? Family issues, issues with exes. If you've got an ex that's still kind of in the picture, if you're actually currently dating someone and or married to someone and don't bring that up, that that would probably be a, a, a small red flag. Yeah, representing yourself as single when you're not. Well, so there's but and there's a really weird uh, kind of point where this has to happen on the curve of when. So you have to there's certain things you can't be upfront about on date one. Right, but you don't want that person to find out on month eight. Right, so so there are sometimes some very difficult conversations where um, maybe you have an STD. Right, like you're not going to tell that person on your first date if you're not don't plan to sleep with them on the first date um, because that's a huge turnoff. But you want to have a little feeling develop, and then at some point before you sleep with them you need to tell them that, you know, and hopefully it's, I don't, depending on the STD, you may not be sleeping with them at all, but, um, same thing with kids, you know, people may not want to tell you they have kids right off the bat. And, you know, I think kids are something that you would probably share way earlier on. Um, especially depending on what type of relationship you're looking for. If you're looking just to get laid, you, you know, it is what it is. But if you're looking for a long-term relationship, having kids can affect that other person's life quite a bit. Can I piggyback on that? You may piggyback on that. Um, I would say a general red flag, and this is something that you probably can detect early on in a relationship, would be mismatched ambitions. So someone kind of having very high ambitions but not being somebody who actually takes action or someone having very low ambitions and you have high ambitions or. I would say it's between the two parties. So one person's high ambition, one person's medium or low ambition, or it could be specific ambitions. Cause like for me, like the big one is I never want to have kids. And that's an ambition of a lot of people is that they want to have kids, but that's not ambitiousness. That's in ambition. You said right. am ambitiousness. No, so... I said mismatched ambitions. All right. Well, you're over, you're over, you're over complicating that with the word ambition. I would have just used the word wants because ambition implies like somebody who's more motivated in general. I'm in using life. It sure. But you're, you're using it very specifically. Um, you know, when, when the noun itself typically implies like motivation in general and, and, you know, I, you know, if you dating somebody who works a minimum wage job, who's not interested in getting a better job, that would be someone who's not very ambitious. Yep. Uh, here's right. another one. This is really specific to the online dating scene, but um, where they don't look at all like the photos that they had in their profile. <laughs> that would be a big red flag. <laughs> <laughs> may, not, 
Uh, no, yeah, that's super deceptive. Super deceptive. Um, so we had testing your boundaries, right? We kind of skipped over that, but uh, but that's a big one. And David, I think somebody said pushing your buttons. Massive sense of entitlement. Yeah. Yep, because that is going to not bode well for your interpersonal dynamics if the other person always feels entitled to whatever. Yeah, well, in these days, everybody's so fucking entitled. Um, and then another one is it's all about them, which kind of in the same vein. But really, but that's that, but narcissism is what is what I and there's an insane amount of, you know, I think a lot of people have a tiny bit of narcissism in them. But when when. What's that? Hard not to have some. I I agree with you, and I, you know I recognize some of myself, and sometimes I try to counteract that a little bit. But some people have this blind, raging narcissism. Some uh, people turn it into their profession. They're called influencers, and I hate them. Uh, yeah, we I got I got some. Uh, oh, that's a red flag. They're an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mish Convernos. Uh, uh, has some questions about that. I think we're going to have to talk about it on the next podcast because we're uh, we are running out of time here. Let's see yeah. these comments real quick. Uh, Hannah yeah. Moon hiding an ex is still lurking in the background, and wait, uh, no, and uh, at, well, weight gain and within one year. That was uh, that was uh, Shair Abba. Uh, weight gain within a year. We have playing with you just to see how you react. Yeah, so like pushing buttons, testing boundaries. I think that kind of plays into that. Yep. Uh, poor self-control. I'd like to know more about that one. I think in general... That could go the anger issues. Absolutely, but it could be poor self-control with alcohol. It could be poor self-control with other drugs. It could be ri- obs- uh, excessively money. risky um, behavior, like spending money. Spending money or just, hey, they have a motorcycle and they always split the lane at 110 miles an hour because that's how they, like, I don't really want to date that person. I mean, well, maybe for a week until they... Yeah, you could be dating that person. You could plan a lifetime with them and it'll still be a short relationship. When you win, you lose. <laughs> um, but I think I think we we could do a whole podcast about, a whole episode about narcissism, but I think that's... That's a really big one. I don't just want to leave that one in the past. You know, keeping a watchful eye for narcissism, narcissistic tendencies is is really big. And good, great narcissists can really hide and manipulate, um, especially early on, because they can make it all about you early on, and they make you feel super, super special, and then just goad you into into their world and completely control. Affected you, Justin. Let's not. Uh, and uh, super critical about past partners. Kind of jealousy. No, whose partners? Your own partner? Like they're, the ex is talking about their previous exes? Uh, either or. Flag. Either or. If that's what it is. It's like when you're doing an interview, you don't want to shit talk your old job. It makes you look petty. Mm-hmm. Same idea. Same idea. Yeah. Um, and then uh, constant criticism. That's a big one. Uh, and I think that can also maybe that could be an element of narcissism as well. I think it's definitely an element of abusive behavior. But definitely bringing that person down so they feel worthless. And that way they'll do anything that you tell them to because it's a, it's a controlling method too. I ended a 
relationship over that. Um, and then the last one I'm going to do before we call it for time, because we are running out of time, is uh, gut feeling. Yeah. You just have a gut feeling about somebody that's just not great. And that really sucks, especially if you're super attracted to somebody. Um, or you kind of, you know, you hit it off, you vibe really well with them, but just something doesn't feel right. and You can't quite put your finger on it. Uh, I think that's a big red flag. What's that, David? Usually it's her penis. <laughs> I still didn't hear what you said, but it sounded like penis. No, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's an idiot. Yeah. Um, I guess we wrap on that. Yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll call it at the gut feeling. Want to thank you guys. Uh, NP. So hang on, let me just hit these tic tac comments real quick. Uh, uh, so tic tac comments. What do we have? Everyone has some combination of DSM disorders. The biggest red flag is not wanting to introduce you to their family. Toxic family is not the best thing to have. That is the whole disorder. Just an NPD. Um, all right, so we'll hit those. Uh, on that note, though, I want to thank everybody for joining. Thank you guys uh, for your comments. Don't forget you can call in on the next episode, so be prepared for that. We had somebody tonight who was on a Stairmaster who wanted to join, but I guess they weren't ready to call in. It's voice only, so you won't be on video. Well, thanks for tuning in late, guys. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us for the late podcast, and we will see you next time. Thanks to Rosh Galeb in the background feeding us your comments. James, David, adios. Adios. See you guys. All right, that concludes this episode. Thank you for joining us. Let me know what we left out. Like I said in the beginning, let me know what your favorites are. I'm very curious what the uh, biggest red flags are for you in a relationship. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.